don't do no shelling, we create the feelings. Ain't no sellout to my circle, no sir, we just sell out buildings. Sell out shows, sell out merch, you play me, but I kept on building. Speak all my riches into existence, bitch, I'm worth a million. Yeah, I use my art as my vessel and got blessings to it. Yeah, he talking hot, but he gon' always come up second to me. Yeah, I think I'm walking on the clouds, it ain't no pressure on me. Yeah, I think I'm Michael Jackson, zippers with that leather on me. Oh, I walk out the door, the light, yeah, probably a bitch, them gems is on me. I told Henry, how come to New York, load up that session for me. I'm in Project Hallways, I'm with Hallway, and that's special to me. And AJ Prince know it's for certain, he know ain't no guessing with me. And you already know I rep my city, and know I always rep in Philly. And he can tell you stories, he don't gotta relate no message for me. And yeah, I think I'm walking on the clouds, it ain't no pressure on me. And yeah, this beat heavy, but I'm floating like a feather on it. Yeah, great to link. Been uh, been a fan of what you guys are doing from afar. So yeah, happy to excited to dig in and and hear a little bit more about what you guys are doing for artists and the plans with Venice and and uh, you know experiences coming out of of NFT NYC and all that. Um, so we can yeah help bring more visibility to the the work that you guys are doing. Yeah, very, very much appreciated and also appreciate your patience and getting this set up, as you can imagine, uh, leading up and then NFT NYC itself were, was pretty, pretty hectic. So glad we were able to find the time. Who is uh, who's on the hallway uh, account? Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> me. I'm hallway. Nice to meet you. Um, hey, nice to meet you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just a, a little bit of context. So I'm the head of content at uh, Float. Um, my background, I'm from sort of the blog era. Uh, I was one of the founding team, part of the founding team at Ill Roots. And um, now I'm here. So Amazing. Well, yeah, it's great, great to meet you. And where, where are you based? Uh, I'm in Maryland as well. I'm on the eastern shore of Maryland. Oh, very nice. It's been a minute since yeah. I've been down there, but beautiful part of the country yeah and also where, where are you i am currently in upstate new york in rochester uh, i was in the city for the past month and a half um just hanging out in brooklyn i'm based in austin texas our, our entire company is fully remote so i've been jumping around a bit i'll be back in the city next week and then hamptons and then figure it out from there but gotcha. yeah. austin's way too hot to be there right now in the summer <laughs> so i'm jumping around yeah 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 definitely be by the beach uh for exactly, sure exactly yeah for sure for sure and where, where are you from originally are you from up upstate yeah i'm from i'm from rochester so i'm staying at a cousin's place right now unfortunately okay. my uh my dad got covid like the day before i was due to fly fly home um so i'm waiting for him to get a negative test result and then i'm gonna I'm going to go stay with my parents, but, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm originally, uh, from Rochester. I was born in New York city. So born and raised New Yorker. Cool. 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 Yeah. I used to live up in Saratoga Springs. I'm not sure how close that is to Rochester, but, um, yeah, it's a, that's a cool part of the state that really nobody knows about <laughs> or, or gets up to. So, yeah. Central um, Western New York. No one really, uh, I feel like, most people just know the city and they know like the Adirondacks and that's about it. Maybe, so maybe they know Buffalo. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Niagara Falls. Exactly. So, um, so anyway, yeah, so this is gonna be a casual conversation and, um, yeah, I think, you know, we would, uh, we would just start with a little bit of your background and then talk about, uh, yeah, how you came to Venice, uh, what Venice is, um, you know, is, is, is thinking about right now in terms of, Web3 and creatives, and then a little bit about the, you know, the path forward and how creatives can get in contact and, and join and participate in what you guys are building. Does that, does that sound good? Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds fantastic. Why don't we go ahead and dive in? Cool. 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 So yeah. Do you want to introduce yourself for us? Yeah, so I'm Austin Hurwitz, Senior Vice President of Venice Music. My team is focused on Web3 and community. 
Uh, I've been at Venice for, it'll be three years, I think next week. Um, so yeah, about basically since the beginning. Um, and then prior to that, I was at Amazon Music. I was at Amazon for a total of five years. Uh, I served on the like content licensing team. So my responsibility was licensing all of the uh, Amazon Music properties, Amazon Music Unlimited, Prime, ad supported tier, uh, globally for all of the independent record labels. So I did that for roughly three of my five year stint uh, at Amazon. And then yeah, I came over to, to Venice in, I believe it was 2019, July, 2019, um, initially as uh, leading up our music operations. So that was standing up all of our licensing agreements with all of the streaming providers. It was setting up like our internal operational rhythm um, you know, things like goal setting and how the teams talk to each other and playbooks, uh, really like startup, like building up. Um, and then from there, so I did that for about six months, then I transitioned over to become our product lead. So I led our product design and engineering teams, uh, to get Venice distribution from zero to one. So really building the initial distribution software. Um, that's able to handle you know, distribution out to all streaming services, uh, payments, reporting, splits, analytics. Uh, that was like the core team that was focused on getting that to market. And that came to market in uh, 20, the end of 2020. Um, and then, yeah, the, like I mentioned, the current role that I serve in, uh, that I've, I've been serving in for since last summer has been the senior vice president role. Uh, and really diving into the Web3 space and figuring out how we can authentically uh, help the independent music community from our role as a as a distributor. And really, and we'll, we can talk about this some more, like how we how we view ourselves really as like an incubator um, for, for artists and for managers, their teams, collectors, really bringing the the industry together in that in that respect. Yeah, and as, as, as you know, it's such an important <clears throat> position to to occupy, um, you know, that's that's core to our belief and why we exist is to support independent artists and bridge them and culture in general into this space. We see uh, a very bright future for blockchain technology and, and its existence and as a way to support uh, independent artists. Um, and yeah, just, you know, we'd love to hear more about that and, and your thoughts and, and thoughts of, you know, of, of the company on, um, you know, how blockchain and NFTs and community uh, and collaboration all can, uh, you know, kind of coexist and, and what that looks like going forward. Yeah, I'd love to. And might be helpful to give a little bit of a history lesson in terms of how Venice got into the space, because I think it'll yes. help really uh, talk through some of our thinking. But like I mentioned, uh, so I joined at the top of 2019. The company Venice was founded at the bottom of 2018, December 2018. And it really was the genesis of our co-founders, Troy and Susie, Troy Carter, um, who is a, uh, historically has been an artist manager, was a founder of Adam Factory, which was a uh, management and uh, like angel investing boutique, uh, has worked with artists like Lady Gaga, John Legend, Charlie Puth. Uh, it was really, you know, when they, when he came out of Spotify, where he was serving as an executive, helping to take them public, working with songwriters and artists to help like bring them on board as to like what Spotify was looking to accomplish. He noticed that there was a disparity between the services and offerings of the majors uh, and, and what they were able to, to be supported with in terms of how they supported their artists and how independents um, were, were supported. And so coming out of that experience, he really, along with Susie, made it their mission to what would it look like if we were able to support um, the independent music community in the same way as as majors. And so that was kind of like the genesis of, of Venice music is really kind of thinking of Venice as almost like an operating system. So if you think of how all of the different pieces in like your your iPhone all just happen to work seamlessly together or you get your Windows computer and it's got all of like the word processor and Excel and everything like loaded into it and, the, and everything just like communicates well and works with each other. That doesn't really exist in the independent uh, space. It does, in a sense, in the in the major space, in that they have these massive corporations that are set up 
with all these different verticals that are really there to like propel every part of your career. But as an independent artist, you don't have that. Like you have to go to one place for your marketing, you go to another place, you know, right. for your distribution. Um, it's, it's very like haphazard. And as a result, you lose a lot of the like value that you would get if, if everything talked to each other. So instead of, you know, one plus one equaling like three, uh, it's like one plus one equals like 0. 0.75 <laughs> right. because you're, right. just, you're losing right. value when, when things don't speak to each other. And so that was kind of the genesis of, of why we got into distribution and also why we never just saw ourselves as a distributor. It was always about, you know, how can we really incubate talent? How can we bring together this community um, to, to be on a loving level playing field? And so, you know, I've, I've been in, this kind of gets us into crypto. So I've, I've been in, crypto curious, if you will, since 2016, when I was at Amazon Music, I wrote a white paper on uh, really the licensing implications of crypto. And this was like early, early days before NFTs, like before CryptoPunks were even a thing. And it was like the Ujo Ur- right. musics of the world talking about how they were going to you know, bring all of licensing on chain and, and, and what that would mean for transparency and visibility. And so I've always like had a, a keen eye on, on what's been going on here. And then, you know, the crash of 2017 uh, definitely like took a step back. And then the fervor of like NFTs with NBA Top Shot and Board Ape really, really reignited my interest. But it wasn't until there was a Pigeon and Planes article with Spotty Wi-Fi uh, talking about his, you know, rise of, of really being able to own his own brand and being shunned by the labels, but making a name for himself in the space. That's something really registered with me. And I sent that over to Troy and Susie of like, Hey, you know, this is small now, but I really think that this is going to be an opportunity to, that really aligns with everything that we're trying to do and empowering independence. Um, and so the two of them basically gave me the runway to just say, okay, like go, experiment, go figure out what it means, uh, and, and come back with with a plan. And so we spent all of like the summer and fall just listening, really. Like mm-hmm. we went, we went to every conference. I was on every single Twitter space. It felt like just meeting people at the community, understanding their wants and needs and what attracted them to Web3 to begin with. And it and it really was this idea of like owning their careers and and owning their audiences and being able like to drive their their careers forward without you know a middleman, and so we we spent a lot of time just educating our roster on the space, helping them you know set up with MetaMask wallets and and running you know campaigns, whether it be on like Sound or Catalog or Mint Songs, um, and just getting their feet wet, um, and, and in tandem with them, you know, figuring out what worked well and what didn't, and we started to to recognize that our role that we felt would be uh, useful to to everyone in the community is this translation layer between web two and web three. And so and we have a lot right. of commercially successful artists in web two that are looking to explore the space and do so in a way that doesn't alienate their fans, um, that they feel is authentic to who they are. Uh, and then similarly, a lot of web three, you know, that have been commercially successful in, in web three, uh, wanting to, to figure out how to move into the web two space. And so, you know, for us, like art is art. There are no like web two artists and web three artists. And it's really just about empowering um, the community to to have the tools on either side uh, and really giving them an opportunity to connect with one another. And so that's really how it, how it came to be. And we felt that a membership with the Venice Music Collective really allowed us to play into our, our strong suits. Like we've always from the beginning of, of the company talked about community as one of the key pillars of, of Venice and how you know, what can feel very like uh, like squishy and fluffy and like hard, hard to like not tangible to people who aren't in it felt very real from us, for us from the beginning uh, in that you know we have always been putting on events and, and doing like small dinners and connecting people that we think could learn from one another and that have different mm-hmm. viewpoints and that can like build with each other. That, that's something that's always been core to our ethos. And so we naturally felt that we could continue to bring people together in that way. And you know, I'll never forget uh, when we were early on in our journey at NFT NYC, we were speaking with an artist who is very commercially successful on both the, the web two and the web three front. And to hear her say, um, someone who like by all accounts is very successful, to hear her say that it felt like an island 
being an independent artist and that it was her and her manager just like going and doing their own thing and they didn't feel very supported had always kind of stuck in the back of our heads of you know if, if she's feeling that way like there are probably you know thousands and thousands of, of people that feel the same way and so how can we get them speaking to one another and supporting one another learning from one another um, and that's that's really what the Venice Music Collective has been about. Yeah no that's amazing and I think that the community aspect is such a big part of all of this and I think the future of of brand and product but especially in music where uh again yeah you, you're right you have independent artists who uh have no team uh maybe only have a manager and are really look, looking at this uphill battle of how do i garner the resources i need to make to build an audience or to build a career really um you know there's so many uh, and I and, and others who understand this technology and the power of it see the opportunity, I think, to a lot of artists, they see just another thing that they need to now harness the power of in, in order to do what they want to do. So it, it, it can be intimidating. And I think, you know, doing uh, joining a community or having access to a community of like minds and, and people with similar ambitions can be very, very uh, empowering to that independent artist who, again, has ha- might have been uh, approaching this uh, in in isolation. So yeah, I think that that community part is is, is critical. Um, how's it going so far? I know you you, you guys launched the membership NFTs um, earlier this year, correct? Uh, yeah, so that's, far, that's what, correct. Any you know any any key takeaways that, that you guys have gleaned thus far? Yeah, so. We launched, uh, I believe it was roughly about six weeks ago at this point, and it's been really, really fruitful. I think, you know, it was very important for us that we came forward uh, intentionally in the in the Web3 community. And so we were not focused on scale. We wanted to make sure that we uh, were very attentive to the community that was already here. And really, that's why it's on Ethereum mainnet, on a layer one. Um, you know, it's priced and eat, letting people just connect their wallets and, and pay uh, was, was very important to us. And, and so, yeah, we have uh, a couple hundred members at this point. Uh, we've partnered with a lot of the major Web3 uh, communities, whether it's the like Sound XYZ um, or Smiles or Audius to allow their communities to, to come in as well. And what, one of the most rewarding things for me has just been seeing how people really communicate with one another and, and uh, participate uh, and collaborate on the Discord and then they're meeting in real life and they're going off and, and doing their own projects together. Um, so that, that's been great. And you know, for us, we're really focused on building what the next phase of the Venice Music Collective looks like uh, as a community. And so you know, we provided utility from day one. You bought the NFT, you were able to sign into our member portal with your, with your NFT and distribute. You could distribute music on day one, you could submit for sync submission, um, you could uh, 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 submit for services. And then you know, we have a lot of other uh, like IRL utility, whether it is the like meetups and networking events that we're doing, the uh, writing camps that we'll be hosting, um, and we've got a lot more programming that we're, we're excited to be announcing pretty soon. In addition to the Venice Music House, which will be in LA uh, and for our members to be able to record. Uh, we'll have six recording studios, a podcasting studio. We've got a gear share um, for people to, to rent out for free. They just pay for shipping to help with their music videos. And so we feel really good in the sense of what we were able to deliver on, on day one. Oh, did AJ just disconnect? Oh yeah, his 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 internet is a little spotty from time to time, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm here, I'm here for sure. I'm listening. Okay, <laughs> he's back. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, so so it's been it's been great, and you know we're like I said, we're focused on building really closely with the community. We've done interviews with over forty community members, just learning you know what it is that they're they're looking to achieve uh, in this membership, and then we've got a lot of exciting plans um, in terms of partnerships that we'll be announcing in the near future. We actually just announced one 
with uh, Soho Friends House. So if you're uh, a member of the Venice Music Collective, you get a discounted rate into uh, uh, Soho House Friends. Um, we've got more things like that planned as well. In addition to, you know, our, our goal is um, to continue to grow this collective in a very authentic way um, and, and really build it so that, you know, we know just from a like power law, if we're for every one person that we add, you know, the network effect that they add is exponential. And so thinking right. through that in terms of how you build community um, and bringing in, you know, high, high value individuals that we know can, can really um, move the needle for everyone already there is, is something that we're definitely focused on as well. Nice. Yeah. No, I, I've, um, from a distance have been, uh, uh, you know, checking you guys out and noticing the work and, and, and the intention. And, um, you know, I, I think the big thing that you just said that kind of stands out to me is, you know, doing these sort of one-on-one, um, interviews, uh, because it's something that we've, we've done as well. Um, and speaking with like sort of the most engaged or speaking with, uh, these like sort of um, high impact people and that sort of cross in, cross section between the two, uh, what are like, what are some of the, the pain points that you're learning from these people? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, a lot of them are coming from experiences on like SaaS products, whether it is distro kids or CD babies um, and they've never had anyone to talk to. It's very much mm. just been like they're it's a vendor, they go there, they submit and and that model works for for people. They've built, you know, from a business perspective, they've built great businesses that way. Some people don't need anyone to talk to and that's fine. They're just looking for a place to distribute music. But oftentimes like music is incredibly collaborative. Like you, you want to be able to to talk and get feedback. And so one of the things that we've really, you know, prided ourselves on is our team is in the discord we're readily available you know as people have questions we have like an ask community uh thread that we've got in our discord for people to, to ask anything that they want we do bi-weekly town halls where we're giving updates on what we've got coming what we've already shipped what we have coming um partnerships things of that nature that that one's definitely really big and and obviously you know the the traditional um the traditional pain points of like, how do I get my music playlisted? Like, how do I get editorial support? You know, how do I get marketing support? You know, those are all things that are very, very challenging to do at scale. And we'll, we'll continue to think through ways that we can provide tooling um, and education, because I think that's a big piece of it as well. Right. Yeah. Like I'm sure you guys have seen, there's just so much like siloed information. And so a big yeah. piece of what, of what we're trying to do with this collective is educate so it is like, okay, you're thinking of how to like develop your release strategy. We've got playbooks for that. You're thinking about how to create, you know, your next TikTok hit. We've got playbooks for that. And so while we're not able to necessarily sit one-on-one -on -one with everyone and, and really develop a, a, a strategy, a release strategy for them, because at scale that, that just doesn't work, um, we will make sure that like we, we give them educational tools. And so that, that definitely is a big focus for us in terms of, that, you know, we're doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of that already where we're bringing in mentors. Like we had Tuma Basa from YouTube. Come on. And, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah. yeah and, and, and I mean, to... yeah, I mean, he is, if you're talking playlist, he is a, uh, a complete sort of pioneer uh, in the sense of, you know, his work with, uh, with, with Spotify was, you know, transcendental to their business. So yeah, yeah, he's he's a legend, and so being able to we've we've got a lot of opportunities like that, and being able to support and give access to these people that you know typically we know the conversations that are happening behind closed doors. Like we had Tuma over for a community dinner. Like we want to be able to share those same learnings to the entire community, and so we'll continue those type of activations. It's a, a series that we're calling like how to make it in music that Troy is hosting that is has really uh had a lot of traction early on and we're excited to continue to to double down on that yeah i you know it's funny you made you you had brought up a a really really valuable point in all of this um you know i i uh hear the word community and we hear these buzzwords all the time 
but you know the real um sort of intentions and all of these things i think you know motives and everybody kind of has their own thing but the way we look at it really is you know creating the framework for getting good people in a room that are essentially kind of vetted that have the same sort of like uh, general intentions um it always seems to work out good and i know you know sort of from from my background when we you know with the with the Ilmore, it was kind of just like a friends and family event, you know, and it, it became a bigger party. But the intention of it was just to have a safe space for artists and the sort of adjacent people around them. And that always seems to work. You know, um, I think like education and, and onboarding and all of these terms are always put out there. But like encompassing all of that in one thing is really just getting good people in a room that feels safe and feels um uh, you know, it feels like everybody's there for the right reasons is probably like the, the easiest way that I've found that to kind of put all of these kind of things in one pot. Right. So I'm, I, yeah, I commend you guys on, on, you know, kind of doing the, doing the work. Right. Um, and, and, and framing it in a really smart and, and concise way. Um, at least from a distance and now pulling back the hood and seeing it from, you know, from what you're, you're telling me, it seems like you guys are, are, you know, kind of moving in, in that direction. So that's, that's really cool. No, well, pre appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, for us, we're very intentional when it comes to community. There's a reason when we launched our discord, it was invite only. We were, you know, this wasn't something of let's try to get everyone in here all at once talking all over each other. Like, there's, there's actually like, uh, it's more of an art than a science in terms of how you cultivate a good community and how you bring about a sense of belonging and um, make it feel, you know, manageable because ultimately this is not the only place that these people like have to be every day. And so right. you, you don't, you don't want it to point. be like, yeah. yeah, you don't want it to be where they come back and they're like, okay. Like I have to, I have to go to every single thing that Venice is putting on, or I have to constantly be in the Discord to keep up with what's going on. So we've been very methodical in, in how we present our programming and how we make sure of like, okay, maybe you don't have time, or like Discord doesn't interest you, but you know these Troy conversations that we're doing, you probably want to jump in, and that's once a week, and you can block out an hour for it. We've got like a social calendar; you just add it to yours, and you know when it's coming. Um, yeah, and so yeah. The, we find the playbook. The playbook yeah. idea is really cool too, right? I, I um I love the the idea of being able to kind of just have this literature out there, um, for people to kind of dive into on their own time. I think that's really important, uh, and you know it kind of speaks to the same things that we're doing as far as like trying to sort of demystify what's happening in this space for creatives and for artists to understand better. So I, yeah, I appreciate uh, that as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, you know, with, with your background and then moving into, into the, into the space, um, you know, what's been the most surprising part of, of kind of going from Amazon to Venice and, and, you know, what have you, what have you seen so far that maybe you was unexpected? Oh, great question. Unexpected. I mean, I don't think anything can truly prepare you for going from a, a company that's, you know, a fortune three company like that has been around for 25 years at this point, very rigid in terms of process and planning and vision, everything like they've had the time to well-defined, like make everything very well-defined. And I got a little bit of a taste of it when I went to Amazon music because it was almost a startup within Amazon. We hadn't launched a paid subscription yet. And so everything felt very like new and fresh. Um, and they're around a, roughly like 400 employees, which is relatively small for Amazon. Um, but yeah, coming over, I think it when you're in a startup environment, you've got your North Star, but you're moving very nimbly. Like you're, you're both like uh, being proactive and trying to like meet the market where it's going to be and a bit reactive to things that you didn't anticipate. 
Like we certainly didn't anticipate that we were going to go through a pandemic um, and change from being everyone in the office in LA to moving to being fully remote and like people spreading out and hiring talent all over the US and the United Kingdom. Um, and so just being able to kind of roll with the punches, I'm incredibly proud of the broader Venice team for how they work so hard um, to get up to speed on Web3 and to really lean into the Venice Music Collective. Because this was, I mean, for me, I like live and breathe Web3 every day. I'm like probably have an unhealthy relationship with Twitter and Discord and OpenSea. Um, but for <laughs> others, fun. like, you know, they're, they're traditional, uh, traditional maybe isn't the word, but like they have extensive music industry experience. And so this was something that was very different and against the grain, like very much, we, we had a business model that worked and we wanted to do something different because we thought and know that this is going to add a lot of value for the community. And so, you know, to have those tough conversations internally, to be able to quickly iterate and move and be like, okay, this is the idea that we started with, get a bunch of feedback, continue to, to iterate um, into what it, what it is today and what it'll be in the future. I think that highly iterative process where like we're making changes, if not by the day, but like by the hour, um, which is phenomenal. All, all on the hope of like making what we deliver to, you know, our community to be the best possible version that it can be. That, that type of agility uh, is something that is, is wholly unique, I think, to uh, smaller, smaller teams. I just, you don't have to run it up the chain of command. Um, you are the chain of command. So you just move. Right. Right. No, I agree. I think the, the thing that, you know, obviously yeah, nobody could, could predict a pandemic. If you, if you could, I need to find that person because I have a other, a few other questions for uh, them, but um I think the one thing that it did force a lot of us to do is to be very concise in our communication and very um, it kind of like what Twitter does, right? Like, you know, in order to be more concise, to get an idea out, you only have so many characters. So those rails kind of force you to become, uh, like I said, more concise and more impactful with how you communicate your ideas and thoughts. And, you know, uh, I think to your point, you know, um, being more nimble and more agile, I think that scale they're, scaling that is going to be more important than anything else. And being able to scale the communication is really only going to help us um, as people by, you know, kind of being able to get our ideas across and communicate them much uh, in, a, in a much quicker, more efficient manner. So, um, you know, on this side, it's kind of I mirror the same sentiments, um, you know, coming coming over top of this year to start uh, uh, or to work with, with AJ on float full time has been, uh, you know, incredibly, incredibly rewarding uh, because of the, you know, the, the same type of thing. It's like, you know, we can pivot and move and, you know, you kind of learn more about communication than I think you, you expected to learn. So, yeah, no, I, I mirror those sentiments a hundred percent. Um, so yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, w with, uh, trying to keep up with the pace, but, uh, of web three, but not just, not just keeping up, but like, you know, seeing what sort of the, you know, the next steps are in the, the evolution of this. And it was really really cool that you guys came out of, you know, you took your time and you were intentional and came into this space uh, for, uh, for brands coming in here. Right. Um, ones that you know, may already be well known, like, you know, what sort of, what's sort of like a playbook or a checklist that, you know, if you're a brand coming in, what are the things that they need to do prior before entering into this space that would help them gain traction here? This is perfect timing because I literally just put out a tweet asking where there, there's been some like recent pretty high profile personalities that have entered the space yeah. uh, and, and not done particularly well. 
because yep. they've done so in a way that felt cash grabby that didn't read the room um there there's always like you you know it's going the wrong way when typically <laughs> there's a tweet that's like i'm looking to buy some nfts like what should i be looking into and then they like then you see that they've bought an nft change their pfp and then everyone's just waiting for them to announce their project and it's like they do all that within like a week or two it, it's it feels very rushed it feels very inauthentic um and, and people see through it like we know this community is really small it won't always be that way but we know who is here for the right intentions and who is not 100 percent, 100 you know for me like i can give a playbook but one one piece of it that I always appreciated is Aluna um, is someone that like I've always admired. I used to be like a big listener of Aluna George. Um, I've loved like all the solo work that she's done. I love how she empowers, you know, disenfranchised voices, but her like entering the web three space was one of the most beautiful entrances I've ever seen in that I would be up at midnight in a like web three music room with 10 people. And Aluna is there just listening or jumping on stage and like giving thoughts. And she did that for months. Like yeah. when she thought no one was looking, like we, we all saw it. Like she just was trying to learn and understand. Um, and then you could tell with the type of drops that she did that she partnered with the community. Like she did a drop on Sound XYZ. She worked with the pools team to launch her token. Like these are established um, brands and respected brands in the space instead of, you know, just trying to, to reap all the rewards for herself or launch her own, launch her own thing, um, up on the side. And I think you see a lot of that with like these, these brands that come in, um, they're very much just trying to like take it off for themselves and don't have like a deep understanding of like who's here, who they should be building and collaborating with. So, you know, for us, I, I can kind of just give like the, the Venice playbook. It was very much going and, like, like I said, we went to all the conferences, we met with all the key players. I distinctly remember last NFT NYC back in November, sitting with David of Sound XYZ a few weeks before they launched, going over the original concepts of season one, going through designs of like the initial pages and just like, you know, lending feedback, giving, giving thoughts around, you know, which of our artists can participate and, and just coming from a, the partnership of where can I add value? Because that's really what web three is all about right like it's not this is not the web two model of value extraction where once you get network effects and you've got people locked in now you can start you know taking taking money away from them um because they don't really have a choice this is very much a collaborative effort of like how can i help you how can you help me um where where can i add the most good and so yeah i would i would highly recommend for anyone coming in the space come in and just learn <laughs> like join yeah. the twitter spaces join the discords curate curate a good list of follows you know on for me on yeah. twitter i i use list uh pretty pretty aggressively like i don't even look at my main feed anymore i have like two main lists that i look at one is around like, interesting in the space and so these are people that typically put together like tweet threads um they're either like builders or they're investors um in the space that i highly respect they're like kind of one list and the other is like uh, web three music. And so that's like artists, platforms, Got you. Give you a sense of like what's going on. And those are really the only two I, I flip between because otherwise, you know, Twitter can be a lot of noise and no signal. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, this is interesting yeah. too. Cause me and me and AJ talk about this quite often internally, or at least, you know, within like our small circle of things uh, or of people is uh, there's a couple of different things in here. One is that, you know, um, all these big brands, essentially, they just have to, it just has to be the right person leading the charge, right? It has to be the right person. You know, it's still, a, like you said, it's a, you know, you guys were at, you know, scoping out the landscape and you guys, meaning like you people, like not like, you know, actual persons. So, you know, whoever's in these brands, who's in the, in the driving, who's driving the car for, you know, any of them needs to be, you know, really tapped in when people aren't looking. Right. Um, and I think that's really important that, you know, to, to go back to your Luna point um, and she's amazing. Um, but it's like when you're not looking, when people aren't looking, when you're not dropping a project, when you don't have something to, to visibly gain from this, what are you doing in the space and how does it 
um, how are you you adding value back? Um, that, at least that's what I got from what you what you were saying. Um, I think that's inc- incredibly you know important uh, that you know all of these are all of these brands coming in, irregardless of how big they are. It's still uh, this is still a people thing, and this is still kind of uh, you know the most important important part is, is is the people behind it and then the second part that that you know that we talk about quite a bit is like it's it still v- feels very you know local localizing sort of uh uh everything that's that's global and what i mean by that is you know there's there's a specificity to it that it's not that you know when you when you go online, the community knows certain things. It's kind of intuitive. It's like going to DC and understanding the significance of, of new balance. Right. And yes, they're a global brand, but understanding why they're so prominent and what their impact is in DC is important. And I think that same sort of thing is happening here. Right. Like I feel like the, the, the web three space is, it still feels like a local neighborhood. Right. It still feels like it's very small. And, I, and there's these nuances that I think if brands were just to come to the neighborhood and talk to a few people um, would understand and they would see from a more localized level and understand the impact. And if you know the, the, those nuances and you're empathetic towards those nuances, then you you grow, you, you understand how to take it and how to scale it in a real intentional way. So. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate it. And long and short, I, 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 that's kind of what we're learning and it's, it kind of mirrors the same thing. I think that you guys are, are building. Yeah, I a hundred, hundred percent agree. It really is that localized neighborhood that we're at. I mean, you go to these conferences and you're seeing like the same, you know, faces and it's getting bigger, like no question between the NFT NYC last year and this year already started to feel you know, I was talking to um, Julian, the CEO of, of Doodles, and he was asking about the NFT NYC experience, and he compared it to Coachella. And it, it is actually starting to feel a bit like Coachella in that you've got so much going on, like you can't see everyone that you want to see because you've got you know Kendrick playing main stage and Schoolboy playing you know outdoor stage at the same time. That's, and that's so true. Yeah. That, that is that is kind of like a good problem to have. I think we do have some like coordination um, gaps that we can fill by and large. Like I think the the larger projects and something that we're actually focused on on the music side is how do we just bring we we know all of the players in the space, right? Like we've we've met them in person. We're doing interviews like today, and so how do we bring all of those communities together? to do things, um, whether it's activations, programming spaces, um, to, to really foster that, that sense of oneness. Cause at the end of the day, like a, that is the beauty of web three. We can all collaborate and win. This is a positive sum game. And so, you know, when you win, I win vice versa and, and B like, we really have an opportunity to, to shape what this, what this looks like together. And so, yeah, to that end, like, it is absolutely still small. It's small enough where like we should be leaning in and, and learning from one another and collaborating. Um, and and it and it does mean that like if you're coming in new, you should take the time to learn like who has been here and and what their goals are and ambitions. Because ultimately, like at the end of the day, if you're just coming here to make a quick buck, like it's a bad time to do it in a bear market. And B, <laughs> yeah. it's just like let's just be real about it. And B, you know, it's it's just not. It, the inauthentic self that you'll you'll put in front of people will will be so obvious um, because all of us came here really because we were aligned on the virtues of of what Web three can mean in terms of for independence. Like I think that's also why Venice, whether you came from a traditional music background or not, like it, it clicked for a lot of people very quickly in this idea of of really being able for for artists to take over control of their careers and for you know a space that has really been profiting off of you know unfair licensing agreements and and not having transparency to you know you have splits directly on chain and like things that are that seem obvious from the outside looking in we know we know are not um 
And so that that's where it's like, okay, we know that there this is going to be a force for good uh, so long as we have the right intention and we bring you know people along with us that are also trying to move it forward in this positive direction. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's perfect. Um, and yeah, just to, just to kind of wrap, you know, wrap things up. I want to be respectful of, of your time. Um, what do you, you know, if you could take a, a snapshot of what the next six months look like, you know, put on your, put on your, uh, what is it? Your, you know, pull on your, your magic crystal ball or whatever. And, and, you know, what do you see happening in the next six months that isn't happening right now that could benefit, um, you know, uh, what's benefit the current, you know, present day uh, uh, Web3 space? Yeah. So none of us know how long this bear market is going to last. I've, I hear different opinions every single day, but I do think, for those that are here to build for the long term, what you're going to see is a lot more product market fit and a lot more use cases being built out. Uh, ones that I'm particularly interested in, decentralized social media and what Lens Protocol are building. I think that over the next six months could really propagate to the entire space. And for the idea of you know, Web3, which is to like own, be able to own not only your data, but own your audience, having a decentralized social media protocol that then decentralized apps build on top of, uh, I think could be really, really interesting. I don't know that we'll see people move from Instagram and, and Twitter and in droves just yet, but that's, that's kind of one of my predictions for, you know, the next call it like six to 18 months is the impact of decentralized social media. I also think we move towards a future of tokenization of, of most uh, assets and relationships. And so that doesn't need to be a financial relationship, but you're starting to see uh, artists experiment with social tokens in a way that feels much more holistic than the initial offerings. We had been, we actually experimented with some social tokens, like even before our, our real web three experiment. Um, and, you know, it was very much, uh, it felt very manual. And I think what we're seeing now from whether it's highlight or pools or rally uh, is ways to tie these economies into actions that uh, people are already doing. So if I'm listening on Spotify, I can get rewarded with some like a Luna token uh, because I'm already like taking an action that benefits you know, her and, and the community. So I think we'll see the extension of those uh, ecosystems like really go far and wide as more integrations take place. Um, so whether it's being able to use those tokens for early access to tickets or, or merch or, you know, one-on-one -on -one time um, or just as a simple like status symbol um, and where you sit in terms of like fandom and then being able to do use that to like airdrop uh, individuals. Um, I think we'll see both more use cases and more tokenized events. The, the one that really like sticks out to me that I, I know that the music industry will adopt at some point. I have, I have strong conviction, I'll put it that way. No one can ever know an absolute, but you know, knowing that Live Nation is experimenting with NFTs and mm -hmm. NFT ticket stubs, um, it just seems like such a no-brainer. I mean, I went to yeah. Econ this year, and yeah. that was one of the most incredible, like, aha moments. <laughs> so yeah. my my VCon experience was I bought my ticket on secondary, boarding the plane to go to Minneapolis. I'm watching hmm. in real time as auctions are taking place, as I can like look at secondary, like dynamic pricing um, that actually matches market demand instead of just like putting your like finger to the wind and throwing it up on, on StubHub. Um, so there was that. And then the ease of use of being able to actually connect my wallet to their app to be able to, to generate a QR code that refreshed every 15 seconds to maybe I decided I wanted to only be there for a day. And yeah, I had something going on Saturday. I could easily sell it and make back some of, of that return um, to the use case of like the ticket actually having utility after the fact, uh, which is what we saw when they announced 
uh, Snoop Dogg and and Gary having a collaboration that ticket holders would have access to, and you watch the price of the ticket on secondary go from 0 0.15, 0 0.2 ETH to over an ETH. Um, all of that just is ripe for uh, collaboration with the with the music industry. When you think about how you reward fans over time and how you can really create like a holistic CRM with your fan. Um, Ticketing is just like such the live event space is just such an obvious space. So uh, whether it's like the next six months might be a little bit longer, uh, you know, but it's really encouraging that Live Nation is already like experimenting. Um, I think we'll only see that continue to grow. Cool. Yeah, no, I I agree on 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 all of that. Uh, we we love what lens is doing. Um, we've, we've spoken with them. Um, and, uh, AJ can kind of add to this as well. Um, you know, I, I think the social, social landscape, whether that's IRL, uh, or digital is going to be really fun to look at in the next, you know, let's, let's call it six months to a year. So yeah, it's, I agree. Well, Austin, I know we've uh, we've ran way over time, but I think it's because it's such a productive combo. Um, really exciting, all that's happening with 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 you guys and and Venice um, and the broader Web three community in, in general. Um, where can people find you? Yeah, so please go on socials is the easiest way. Venice Music uh, is all of our socials on Twitter on Instagram. Um, if you go to our Twitter, you'll also be able to see uh, the Discord invite. So feel free to check it out there. And then you can follow cool. me personally at Austin underscore Hurwitz. Awesome, awesome. Well, congrats on all the success thus far. Yeah, look forward to tracking and participating and contributing any way we can. Um, great to meet you. And yeah, thanks for, thanks for dropping by. Thank you both. It was a wonderful conversation. I'm looking forward to continuing it sometime soon. Awesome, awesome. All right, take care.